Can't believe I pulled it off. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast, the place for life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. With me, as always, the one who knows just about everything there is to know, and I say that for a reason, um, because he doesn't know everything, but just about everything, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. How does it feel to be a loser today, my man? (laughs) It feels good, man. How's it? How's it feel? You were winning for so long. I, I was I was ahead of you all day, and you just pulled ahead right there at the end. We I, had a little competition on who was going to make the most trading today, which apparently we should do every single day. <laughs> By the way, you're Charles Chuck Thompson. You didn't say oh, your right. weatherman name. No, I which never is did. Charles Chuck Thompson, and I'm Nathan- Sir Nathaniel Paul Thurston, or <laughs> I go by my Native American name, which is the one who knows just about everything there is to know about everything have you been night have you been night is knighted is that the right word yeah yeah that's why i was gone yesterday oh yeah sick busy busy sick yesterday but actually i had to fly over you know to over to the queen we're good friends and unfortunately uh, no show yesterday (laughs) because nate decided to get a fever and uh it must have just been like food poison or something right i mean yeah i i woke up at about 4 a.m yesterday rolling around in bed sick to my stomach decided i was going to come up and still do the trading and and, cough um, all over cough all over everything everything, spread around some of my germs my fever was a little bit over 100 and i was like eh, you know what I've been wanting to rent a movie, so I'm going to go home. And <laughs> so I went home. I rented, <laughs> I rented Contagion, and I watched that. Yeah, how did and, that end? Um, it, you know, they ended up finding a vaccine, but a lot of people died. I was watching that. Have you seen Contagion? I haven't. It's a pretty good one. Um, they, you know, it kind of drifts on there at the end. But one thing I noticed, I mean, they've got like millions of people dead and i mean at the point where like two million people are dead they make it a point to say oh they've instituted curfews and blah 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 i'm like man they instituted curfews when like three people had this thing like come on be realistic you know a lot of people are going around they're not wearing masks and everything and uh and i was like that you know i mean it was a pretty accurate movie and it's pretty pretty crazy how closely related it is to coronavirus except for the fact that that virus was extremely deadly and coronavirus is is, has a pretty low death rate uh overall doesn't mean that it's not deadly people have died we think so a lot of people have died from this and we have to take it seriously i still haven't seen my mom since february right I haven't she, seen my dad. She's got a lot of underlying health conditions. Two so. trips planned now to see my dad, and and both have been canceled. <laughs> Maurice wanted so, to know if I rented Braveheart. <laughs> that's the whole time you were talking about that yeah. movie. That's all I could think about was how I did. I was going to say when you got done, when you finally finished your rant, as you go on these days. I mean, yeah. it's literally takes four to five minutes before you shut up and let me come in. I got to try and keep that subscription rate up high, you know? So what are you going to do? Oh, okay. All right. You want to have a uh, more competition? I yeah. Hear. Yeah. So then after that, you watch Braveheart. No, no. I went to sleep. I went to sleep after that. And I turned my stories on after that. Listen, my dateline stories. Listen, you're not allowed to have another sick day unless you watch Braveheart while you're, while you're sick. Okay, sure. I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to, you're going to watch Castaway. I will watch Castaway. Okay. You first. 
I, I almost watched it last night as I was going to sleep. All right, guys, subscribe <laughs> to the podcast as most people do. A lot of people subscribe to the podcast. It's actually got a lot a lot higher rate than you would expect. You know, we expected it would maybe be like 1% or like 0.2%, like the coronavirus death rate, but it's actually like 96% of people will subscribe to this podcast once they've listened to it on their device, which is pretty cool. You don't want to be in the horror percenters whatsoever. So if you're listening today for the very first time, we're going to be welcoming in some new listeners today because we're running some ads on some fairly big libertarian program so if it is your first time listening hit that subscribe hit follow hit whatever your podcast app says that tells you when we have a new episode and we have new episodes every single day of the week when we want to except when i'm sick uh, other than that basically when we want to yeah i didn't want to you know we say so that because still true because for a long time we were at a 92 percent subscription rate when we were yeah. looking at the numbers and so we started telling we started telling people like hey you don't want to be part of that what is it? The hate percent. Hate percent. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to be part of those hate percenters. And a lot of people took heed to that because as we start getting as we started getting more and more and more listeners, that subscription rate went up, which is tough to do when you're at ninety two percent. I think the average for podcasts <clears throat> is like eighty seventy five to eighty percent. So above average. Above average, you good old Liberty Levin Just like my height, you know, just well above average. Unless you compare yourself to me. True. And then yeah. then you, you feel which uh, I don't, I'm surprised you're bringing this up after six eight gate happened last week. I thought that you would let that go away yeah. for a while. Charlie, who is not six eight, is sitting across from me. Well, and uh, we could talk about sick gate yesterday, yeah. but yeah. we won't. All right, guys, let's, let's, let's get into the news. the news. We have a few things. We got to talk about chop. We got to talk about the Supreme Court. We got to talk about some of the stuff going on in the world. Of course, as the country tears itself apart, we got to pay attention to all the things that are going on. And uh, we'll start off with Seattle police retaking the station house in CHOP and arrested multiple protesters. So CHOP is no more. They sent in the SWAT team this morning mm. to clear her out at about 5 a.m. They issued the order. Said, is you that guys like got the state SWAT team? Was it the... I think, the, SWAT. I think it was the Department of Education sent in their SWAT team <laughs> to get everyone out of there. I'm, I'm pretty sure. So this is from Fox News, you know. If you choose to believe it, you can. If you don't, you won't. Seattle police have retaken the East Precinct Station House after clearing out the protest area known as the Capitol Hill Organized Protest, making more than a dozen arrests after Mayor Jenny Durkin declared the gathering an unlawful assembly just a couple weeks after she declared it a cool block party. So it was the mayor then? Yeah. It was the Chop, mayor. Chop, formerly known as Chaz, in case you guys forgot. Yeah, just in case you guys the, were talking about Chaz. It was the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, the yeah. auto zone. Yeah, it was a no-knock raid, um, specifically because it's really hard to knock on a tent. And uh, so they weren't, <laughs> you know, th that was the specifics of why it was yeah. a no-knock raid. No -knock raid. There weren't any narcs either, just in case you're wondering. Police issued the order to disperse around 5 a.m. local time Wednesday, telling protesters to leave within eight minutes. What a rude wake-up call. They could have at least waited till like, eight or nine. I guess everyone had time to go get some McDonald's breakfast or Starbucks or whatever afterwards, so that's fine. At least 31 protesters were arrested for failure to disperse, obstruction, resisting arrest, and assault, police said. The East Precinct Station House, which police abandoned last month following standoffs and clashes with demonstrators, was cleared of protesters, Police Chief Carmen Best told reporters from inside CHOP. Best said police were not moving into the building yet because it smelled too bad. <laughs> the dogs were always bothering with it. <laughs> yeah, the CHOP, <laughs> she, Best said the CHOP has become lawless and brutal. 
said earlier Wednesday, four shootings, two fatal robberies, assaults, violence, and countless property crimes have occurred in this several block area. And you Sh- don't say. Yeah, Chicago was like, hold my beer. What? Yeah. Wait, how did this happen? I'm not sure because... In the, in the, the glorious utopia zone of Chop Chaz Chop. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. I mean, they got rid of the police, so therefore there wouldn't be any violence in there, right? No, I mean four shootings for a major city in the in the in a few weeks not exactly i mean this was a brand new country though not a major city this was a brand new country probably only had like 50 to 100 members yeah that's a lot that's That's actually pretty high rate 100 members that's a four percent fatal shooting rate yeah that's that's pretty high or known as a typical saturday morning in chicago this is a kerfuffle if i've ever heard of one this is one hell of a kerfuffle man (laughs) best said it was the job of police officers to protect and serve the community adding that clearing of the protests would not mark an end to the department's engagement with protesters she said we must continue our efforts to build trust and redefine our roles of guardians in our city Basically, I've changed my mind because... Well, she was always against CHOP. Best. This is the police chief. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, it was the mayor who was totally for it to begin with. And now once they, you know, started protesting outside of her house... Once she started losing campaign donations (laughs) and they started protesting outside her house... And businesses opened their lawsuits against the city and all kinds of stuff like that. She was like, oh... That was one of the issues, you know, that there's all these businesses suing suing the city because of their lost income and everything like that. I think they have a rightful case, honestly. I don't know if it'll hold up in court because I don't know if the city is legally bound to to keep police in an area or to keep protests away. I'm not sure how that case is going to go, but uh, it was it always bothered me that so many libertarians were completely in favor of of Chop Chaz and completely disregarding the private property rights of people who are inside of that area. Like, what do you expect them to do? They're, they can't really speak out. You see what happens to people who speak out. They get beat to death in the street. Mm-hmm. So you can't really go speak out or anything like that. You can't really trust the news coming out of it. I mean, there are private property people in there and everyone has the exact same individual liberty. And if there are people who are inside of that area who do not agree with that or who own property inside the area or their residences inside the area, their rights have to be protected as well. So I'm I'm glad that this was cleared out. I hope no one was really hurt in the clearing of it. Um, People should still be able to protest, but that doesn't mean that you can impede the travel of other people doesn't mean you can impede the commerce in the area. Your rights end where another's begins. Exactly. Exactly. I'm surprised the mayor didn't come out and say, you know, and this is how you repay me for my leniency <laughs> with today's lawlessness. Yeah. Yeah. Which you would understand, Nate, if you had watched Braveheart. Yeah, I don't get that. But, uh, you so- don't, everyone else in the live group, which, by the way, you can join by going to patreon.com slash good morning liberty. Get in on the conversation. New patrons joining every single day so be part of that in crowd too so subscribe to the podcast join patreon for as little as five bucks a month you get all kinds of free stuff there's no reason not to join those if those two things you guys are helping grow the show it's been unbelievable yeah unbelievable we're I, I in could fact not- nate mentioned we we're running ads today on another on another libertarian podcast which is uh going to be really cool and really big for the show i believe and that all comes from the money that y'all have given us. Yeah. We, we didn't, I don't think we spent one dime out of our actual pocketbook. It came out of the, the Good Morning Liberty pocketbook. I can book. tell you I didn't spend any out of mine. 
That's for sure. Well, it came out all out of the Good Morning yeah. Liberty purse. <laughs> and so that's uh, that's pretty cool that you guys are being part of, of helping grow the show and move move this show um, as the probably the fastest growing libertarian podcast out there. I Aaron bet. says he also hasn't seen that darn Scottish propaganda film either. So, yeah, see, Maurice gets it. This is how you repay me. I'm not going to listen to a bunch of those make Scotland great again. <laughs> crazy people out there. Right. So just another news at the end, the protesters have said that they should not be blamed for the violence in the area. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it wasn't me. Kevin said, uh, how will the dim spin this one? And I know how they'll spin it. It'll be peaceful protesters were, were dispersed violently by MAGA hat wearing SWAT by teams. White, su- white, white supremacy insurgents. Yeah, white supremacists wearing SWAT gear dispersed peaceful protesters in Seattle is, is what the news will read. Mm-hmm. And um, it'll say like white police officer arrested black man uh, and that was a peaceful protester in Seattle. Something like that. That'll, that'll be the news stories from yep. it. So. Anyway, it was a. Uh, it's pretty quick to see a, a, a failed state, but at least we use a lot less bombs this time. So, uh, so that's a good thing. We've got a. <laughs> we've got a Supreme Court. Are you case. saying that the United States invaded Chop? We invaded them. Uh, we are now occupy. We are an occupying force inside their territory, <laughs> and we're going to force democracy down their throats okay, now. Good, so, good. Uh, uh, republic. We're going to force our constitutional republic down their down their throats. I mean, look, at the end of the day, those people can say they started their own country. I, I, that's, that's pretty cool to put on your resume. Good on the old CV right there. <laughs> like, does. what did you do last year? I started yeah. my own country. What did you do last year? Yeah. Did you? How many countries did you start? None. You're like, well, how long did your country last? Like, that's not important. How long did your country What's last? What's important is, is I started one. What did you start? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever? I'm just upset about my country being gone. <laughs> Very drunk former yeah, Chaz protester yeah, that Charlie yeah. is talking about right he now. He's of a country. That's <laughs> uh, uh, gone. I All don't right. know why you're laughing. So Charlie likes Supreme Court cases. He likes to hear dissenting opinions and, and whatever the majority opinion is, whatever that's called. I don't know what that's called really anymore. So Sorry, Josh says, do we need to send money to rebuild now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the obviously <laughs> four, four and eight is next on the list. So... We've we'll have to keep sending four and eight over to the people from Chop, and and honestly, I think we should all do our part and take in a Chop refugee. To tell you the truth. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, those uh, yeah, they shouldn't go. I don't know why they're in prison camps. Yeah, yeah, they're not, shouldn't be in these chain link things. We should we should take them in. <laughs> Amnesty for Choppians. God, it's so ridiculous. It's amazing. All right, from the Supreme Court, let's get serial here, man. Let's get serial. Supreme Court opens door to state funding for religious schools. This coming out of the fake news CNN. Uh, so believe it if you want, and if you don't, then you don't. Uh, whatever. In a, in a ruling that will open the door to more public funding for religious education, the Supreme Court on Tuesday ruled in favor of parents in Montana. I didn't realize people still live there. A few people. Yeah. Parents, at least. <laughs> yeah. Parents in Montana seeking Montana's beautiful, by the way, though. That's I have nothing against it. One of my favorite yeah. one of my favorite states it's for sure. Absolutely gorgeous. That, that, it's between that and nothing Utah. There, but it is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. That's one so, of the reasons. And uh the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the parents that still uh, inhabit that barren land in Montana seeking to use a state scholarship program to send their children to religious schools. 
the court said that a Montana tax credit program that directed money to private schools could not exclude religious schools. The 5-4 ruling was penned by Chief Justice John Roberts and joined by the court's four conservative judges. What's so weird is they have conservative and liberal judges. They need they should be they're not supposed to be partisan. Yeah. Everyone um, should go read. Um, by the way, one of my favorite books, very easy book to read, especially easy book to listen to because of the narrator. But uh, Lies the Government Told You by oh, yeah. by Judge Napolitano. One of the best books you can read and in and, and there and he narrates it. So it's amazing. His voice is amazing. Obviously, uh, he talks about judicial activism in there. And uh, this is the Supreme Court has been all over the place lately. I feel like I'm seeing seeing news stories about the Supreme Court lately, and I can't find any unifying principle behind what they're doing, really. It's just, it's like they're playing a PR campaign almost. Like, mm-hmm. what can we do that's not going to make the mob too mad? Okay, well, what can we do to appease Republicans a little bit? Okay, well, what can we do that's not going to make these people too mad? You know, it, and that's really all I see are a lot of people who aren't wanting to make people too mad, and they're trying to give a little bit to this side, give a little bit to that side. And I don't really see any unifying thing, which is supposed to be the Constitution, by the way. That's right. supposed to be like the unifying thing behind it. But uh, anyway, sorry, go on. Yeah, because they're, you know, they're kind of activists and they're not supposed to be. Uh, which, by the way, mm-hmm. Chief Justice John Roberts sided with, uh, I guess you could say, the liberal justices on the uh, recent Louisiana abortion law, uh, which we're not going to get into today, but we could talk about that later this week. That um, one was weird because, and this is just... Well, I haven't I haven't been able to dig into it enough to understand what the Louisiana law was and then what they were challenging about it. So, so that's why I can't speak on it right now. So it said that if you were going to perform abortions, you had to be accredited at another... Uh, facility that was within like 30 miles or oh, something like that. to admit somebody in yeah. case something happened. And the the issue is, and we weren't going to talk about this, but the issue is that rule, which, hey, let's just not have the rules, but that rule exists for all surgeries, like all of them. Mm-hmm. And the abortion is a, it's a surgery. You know, it's, it's fairly serious. It's invasive. A lot of times it's very invasive. And that rule exists for all surgeries. If something goes wrong, you have to be able to go to another place, something like that. And the really weird thing was that John Roberts cited on the other side of it in the same, basically the exact same case in Texas just four years ago. It was like the exact same thing, accreditation at another hospital, and he cited on the other side of it. It was really weird. So then he flip-flopped yeah. in Louisiana. Yeah, yeah, really weird. Anyway. Um Probably not any money exchanging hands or anything. Oh, no. It's just no. normal, normal stuff. Yeah. He had some clarity. And I'm not saying that the law should exist. I don't know. I Like I said, I need to look into it. I'm just saying it's funny how Justice John Roberts is like, he's just, I'm going to go well, back and the, forth. I'm I just going to swing around here. I think the hospital or the medical facility should have that rule. I don't think the state should really have that rule, but... I think that the the actual facilities themselves can have whatever rule for whatever doctor performing something that they want to have. And that's as far as I would go on that. But it's also possible, I mean, if something happens, then you just take them to the nearest emergency room. Yeah. And then yeah. they'll, because like, you know, you could, what, what happens if they nick their aorta running down the middle of their, the middle of your back, by the way, that's mm. so it's underneath the uterus, but however, it could still be done. The one that splits off and goes into your legs, your femoral, yeah. femoral, it's your 
That's your aorta that comes down through the middle, splits off, and that's... Are you trying to mansplain your, female anatomy to me right now? That's your femoral artery. Well, men and women have this both. Trans people, LBGP, LBQ, uh, you know the thing. Plus. Plus. Yeah. They all have it. Okay. So anyway, uh, Justice Chief Justice John Roberts says, quote, a state need not subsidize private education. Oh, we're talking about education. Sorry. Yeah, not, not abortion right <laughs> so, now. Education. He says a state need not subsidize private education, but once a state decides to do so, it cannot disqualify some private schools solely based that they are religious. Roberts wrote in the majority opinion. Tuesday's opinion is a huge win for supporters of school choice programs, a hallmark of the Trump administration, and it will also encourage other states to push for similar programs. The ruling comes as the supporters of religious liberty, including the Trump administration, have hoped the court's solidified conservative majority would emphasize that the Constitution's free exercise clause does, uh, sorry, requires neutrality towards religion. That bothers me again. Like, when did it just become commonplace to talk about a conservative majority in the Supreme Court right. or a liberal majority in the Supreme Court? It's not Court. like you can vote these guys like, out, by the way. They're supposed to interpret what the constitution says and whether or not something is constitutional or not. Like we, well, they're supposed to rule on, on matters which are made federal. Yeah. And it, it's conservative majority is, is just a, it tells you we've gone too far. We've so honestly, too far. I mean, in my opinion, this would be outside of eh, maybe not. I mean, if somebody's challenging on a religious basis, perhaps it's, it's, it's a matter that has been made federal according it would be to the Bill of Rights. Whether or not you're protected by the First right. Amendment would be the, the question there. Right. But at the same time, the federal government has no <clears throat> purview over religion at all, yeah. in fact. So I don't know. Anyway, Secretary of Education... Uh, Oh, sorry. Let me finish this here. Three low-income mothers had sought to use the funds from a state initiative toward their kids' religious education. Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos called the ruling a historic victory for America's students and all those who believe in fundamental fairness and freedom. Robert's opinion on Tuesday reflects his traditional conservative instincts on religious dilemmas and breaks his recent pattern of his joining the courts for liberals, all of whom dissented on Tuesday on social policy issues. It builds on Robert's prior decisions permitting greater government involvement with religion under the First Amendment, which says government shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Roberts emphasized in the Montana case that we have repeatedly held that the establishment clause is not offended when religious observers and organizations benefit from neutral government programs. CNN Supreme Court analysis and professor at the University of Texas, Texas Law School, Stephen Vledek, said Tuesday's decision represents a significant step in the direction of federal constitutional protections for religious schools. Today's rulings appears to suggest that there's virtually no gray area and that a state may only decline to extend neutral tax credits to religious schools when extending the credit would itself be unconstitutional, he said. And then, so I, I actually agree with this decision. First of all, you agree with the decision? I do. Because he said a state need not subsidize, subsidize private education. It's the same reason why I agree with the gay marriage decision. Yeah, because the state need not subsidize married couples. Yeah. But if you're going to subsidize or give tax credits or whatever it may be for two people who enter into a contract to vow to say we'll never leave each other, but we only will leave each other about 50 to 60 percent of the time. 
<laughs> but if they take that vow and then they get certain tax credits like you and Lacey got more money than I did, which I didn't get any. Well, that's your fault. Um, cause, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's my fault. Y'all got more money, uh, you know, in, in, in the old CARES Act and and uh, you get a bigger tax break and there's other benefits that you get from being married. So if you if the government is going to have benefits for two people that enter into a contract of marriage, then it must make that uh, allowable for everyone. In fact, I think that would even extend to polyamorous relationships. <clears throat> if I enter into a contract with five people, then we should us five should get the same benefits. Well, six of us should get the same benefits. Now, I am not uh, a poly, but if you are whatever, that's your choice and and all of that. However, I think if you're going to enter into a contract of, let's say, uh, cohabiting and partnership, regardless of what it is, minus minors, obviously, because you can't do that, <laughs> um, then the government should extend that. That's why I believe that the that the Supreme Court decision on gay marriage was correct in regards to the 14th Amendment. Same reason why I think this is correct, because the state shouldn't be giving tax credits um, for private education to begin with. But if it's going to, then it must allow any private education institution to receive the same tax credits that any other private institution would receive. So I'll say I completely now That's before I, I, I read any of the yeah, dissents. I completely understand that opinion. I'm more inclined to disagree with this opinion uh, based on the fact that now, I mean, what he said to start with, his first sentence was correct, which is that the state shouldn't be subsidizing education. That there's your first part right there. There's the problem. The gay marriage thing. State should not be involved in who can or cannot enter into a contract with one another, unless it's a, unless it's a minor or something like that. Mm -hmm. Not someone who goes down digging for coal, but like someone who is uh, under a certain age. So... I, I'm inclined to disagree with the opinion based on the fact that uh, the religious schools don't pay taxes. And so I have a bit of an issue with state subsidization of someone who doesn't pay taxes. Now, the issue is the system itself that exists. Good that's, for them. That's And I know, but that also, they don't pay taxes. but also like, I don't want them to get any of the state money as well. This is one of those things where I'm like, I, you know, I, I'd rather them, I, I would rather them keep as many people from getting the state money as possible. You're in and what we call what, what is known as a kerfuffle. This is a, your your typical classic kerfuffle that's <laughs> happening right that's now. That's what today's show is all about. Yeah, kerfuffleness. Yes. So I, I'm inclined okay, to disagree let's, let's based on the fact it. that they're not going to pay any money into the tax system itself. Therefore, I wouldn't want to add them into the list of people who can receive the tax money. So, so you're saying you, you think this is more of a welfare type of a program. It is what I would. Because the people who pay taxes in don't ever take any out. If, I know if, if you wanted to make it the most fair possible. And I, I mean, I wouldn't argue for this, but the, the schools that receive the state subsidized money should also pay some taxes that that's that's where I would get like, I don't see how you can be tax exempt and take subs state subsidized money at the same time. I, I don't really agree with that. Now, if people want to make those donations 
privately to those schools or whatever. The, the issue is the tax credit system. They set up a thing where you could you could put money and you could have a credit on your taxes if you put money towards uh, school scholarships and things like that, and you could get a tax credit for doing it. And so that's where the whole issue is created. Like, a, you know, I'm not mad at the religious schools here. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, you know, disagreeing with, with any of them. What, what I'm just saying is the system is set up to the point where it doesn't make sense for me, for someone who isn't paying in to be able to go to the Supreme court and say, I'm not paying in, but I should be able to take out. That's, that's, that's all I'm saying. Like to me, it would at least equal that you're going to have to pay in, which I don't I, want people to do. I argue the other <laughs> side saying that, well, at least these people actually get a credit. Like they, they get to pay less taxes. Yeah. Which is good. Just like your health savings account or anything else. You get the credit from donating to things also anyway, right? So, I mean, if you made the donation. Up to a certain point, this is an extra 150 bucks. Yeah. So if you, yeah, by the way, this is over a $150 credit, (laughs) by the way. Let's keep going here. Supreme Court's time is very valuable. (laughs) Justice Stephen Breyer uh, dissented, writing, if... For 250 years, we have drawn a line at forcing taxpayers to pay the salaries of those who teach their faith from the pulpit. I do not see how we can today require Montana to adopt a different view respecting those who teach it in the classroom. Uh, Great words, but uh, nothing about the Constitution here. Well, and what's ironic about that is they drew a line at forcing taxpayers to pay something for this, and you should already feel disgusted with yourself at that point you're like i decided i was going to force taxpayers to pay for this but i'm going to draw the line at where i'm going to force them to pay for things like how about you just not force the people to pay for things that seems at the end of the day the the real problem is taxes to begin with taxes right but let's talk about the issue at hand justice Mm. sonia sotomayor uh another Uh, jeff says the credits for the families not the school so that would Right. Well, I'll read it down here. It's down here. So So I might be way off base on my dissent so far. Okay. She says uh, in her dissent that the ruling is perverse. Of course it is. Without any need or power to do so, the court appears to require a state to reinstate a tax credit program that the Constitution did not demand in the first place, which would be my argument if I was a Supreme Court justice. Where in the Constitution are tax credits for for uh schools i don't see that in the constitution yeah the nation uh, the national education association likewise blasted the decision with uh with its president lily eccleson garcia saying that the court has made things even worse opening the door for further attacks on the state decisions not to fund religious schools the montana program let's go over the program The controversy stemmed from a program created by the Montana legislator in 2015 that allowed residents residents to receive a tax credit of up to $150 for a contribution to a scholarship program. The donations were then used to fund tuition scholarships for children seeking to attend the private school of their choice. In Montana, the majority of private schools are religiously affiliated. Soon after, however, the Montana Department of Revenue excluded religiously affiliated schools from the program, citing the fact that the state constitution bars state funds for religious education, but the funds aren't going directly to the school. So that is so reading through this and with Jeff's comments also, I'm, you know, it's okay to, to listen and change what you're saying. So 
what I'm understanding here is that you were able to make a $150 contribution that was a, a tax credit, and then that money went into a pool, and then the state divvied out the money to scholarships for students to go to specific schools, is, mm-hmm. is, is how that happened. Of their choice. Of their, yeah. So, um, what the problem here is, is if you put in the 150 and you wanted to go to a religious school, as long as, so what, here's, I'll put my caveat on it as long as there was not additional state funds used to go towards the schools meaning the only money that goes out in scholarships is the money that was put into the to that system from the people donating it then i would be in favor of the opinion because if they're they're not given the government 150 dollars well, not even that, because it's a tax credit, which means that $150 is now cannot be concluded in your taxable income. Yeah. So it's not even the $150. It's probably like a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> seriously, like a dollar. Because because think about it like a, um, like a child or maybe $150. It I may- mean, you would get the 150 into the system. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So... Instead of them paying one fifty extra in taxes, and I'm 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 guessing this is state tax. Yeah. So instead of them paying uh, Montana's income tax and paying an extra hundred fifty dollars into there, if you owed it, then you would just instead donate that one fifty to a scholarship program. Yeah. And then students that want to go to a school choice school of their choice, they could draw from that donation. So what I would say is, as long as it is. Only the money that was donated by the people that goes out to those programs. And it was not additional tax money that was taken and put into the program. If there's not any additional money, then I would be in favor of the opinion because it's not an additional tax. Um, You're not forced to put money into it through taxation. And it is not state money that they've collected forcibly through theft or anything like that. It's money that was put into the scholarship fund by the people. And in that case, I, I would have to say that I'd be okay with it because it's not the state subsidizing the schools that are not paying any taxes. So that would be different from what I said earlier. Yeah. It's just yeah. the same argument we make all the time about tax credits. Yeah. So good for them that they get to pay less money in taxes. Yeah. I think everyone should donate. Yeah. And get that $150 tax credit. Um, reading on here, just the end here, uh, because I feel like this is a solid point made by Justice Samuel Alito. Uh, he agreed with the majority opinion, but wrote separately to condemn a provision of Montana's Constitution that bars public funds for religious schools, devoting his opinion to the history of so called Blaine amendments that he said are rooted in religious amnus, animus. Sorry. He said the program at issue in the case provided necessary aid for parents who pay taxes to support the public schools, but who disagree with the teaching there. So that again, it all boils down back to taxes. Yeah. Why are my forcibly paying taxes um, to, to pay for a public school that I may not agree with? Why can't I, I take that money that instead of giving it to the government, I can give it to a school of my choice. My wife and I are always like, we're, we don't have kids. We're never going to have kids. Like, well, can I get a deduction on my taxes? Nope. Please, can I get a reduction? Sure you know, can't, man. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to need the public school ever. You know, how about just people who use the school? 
You don't care pay, about the community. Pay for the school. Yeah. You don't care about the community. I don't care about the well-being of society in general yeah, because exactly. our schools are doing such a great job. So I think this is actually a good decision and I agree with it. And uh, at the end of the day, I don't think that we should have taxes. Yeah. So that's the first problem. But considering the issue at hand and being, I guess, a realist in the fact that taxes exist and Montana does have a state income tax and then they're offering a tax credit to people who donate to a scholarship, then they can't decide that only certain schools can get that scholarship funding uh, when it's not uh, the actual tax money in the coffers of Montana's or the, the tax money in Montana's coffers that are being transferred to the religious schools. Yeah, the issue is the system itself because the other side of this argument would be, well, what about all the other parents who aren't religious or, or whatever, who don't want the 150 that they put in for the thing to end up going to a religious school? Uh, the you know it that is the problem in the system the entire system like what if you don't want your money going to foreign wars all over the world or what if you don't want your money going to this or that program that that that's why you shouldn't have the system in the first place because you really never get to pick and choose where your money's going to go so that it's a it's it's a little bit more difficult of an issue than it initially sounds that's a great like discussion this. though so, that was a yeah. really a really good article something yeah. to <clears throat> consider um, and you take the issue at hand and you can say, I think, I think this is a good decision. Yeah. And, and, you know, looking at the liberals, I'm, I'm dissent, split on it. I'm split looking at the liberals dissent. I mean, they're just trying to, this whole separation of church and state isn't listed in the constitution, by the way. Yeah. There's no, <clears throat> there's no, literally the first amendment says that Congress cannot make any law abridging the freedom of speech or establishing a religion thereof. Um, or pro uh, prohibiting the exer the free exercise thereof. So this whole separation of church and state, I think, is is uh, it's a, it's just, it's a clause. It's a political clause made up, or a political. Yeah, I would say clause made up. They do say shall in, make no law respecting an establishment of religion. Right. And I guess I don't know. Uh, is this respecting? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. Is this respect? Who knows? But I feel like church and state is the same made up clause or term in the same way that trickle down yeah. tax, taxes. I mean, it's not actually a thing or trickle that's, down economics, that's in there. Sorry. I agree with the overall idea that the state should not be involved in religion. I also agree that the state shouldn't be involved in uh, darn near everything. So um, I just <laughs> take that how you will. So uh, I was going to read this op-ed by, by Sir Bernie Sanders. He also got knighted. We flew over there together. Um, the other day. So, uh, from, <laughs> how was the conversation? Yeah. From, uh, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. You did an Obama. I did. Uh, I did. <laughs> so he had, we've been talking about this a little bit. Bernie's been on just on a tear about this whole 10% cut to the U S military budget to help fund all these things. And listen, I'm all for a 10% cut to the U S military budget. I'm, I'm for, uh, more than likely up to 40 to 50% cut to the U.S. military budget. but Which would cut out all the waste, fraud, and abuse, lot, by the a way. A lot of it, you know. None of that means that we don't care about the troops, because we absolutely do. I mean, a very, very small portion of that money actually goes to the right. troops. Most of it goes to a bunch of unused plane parts. Yeah. and it goes to Lockheed Martin. $12,000 toilet seats. And uh, what, everybody in the Department of Defense got these $1,200 coffee cups that barely worked? So... 
Yeah, they didn't like them, so they had to they had to bump it up to a new cup. So I'm telling y'all, if you want to start a business, work on uh, figuring out how to get mm. DOD contracts before yeah. that money runs dry. We should honestly see if they need <laughs> any coding work. We should. Um, the money's ran dry, by the way. Um, it's already gone. So my biggest yeah. issue, well, several issues, but he's talking about this 10% cut to the U.S. military budget, and here's what we could do with the money. And we don't have any money. That's, there's my very first thing. Like, you got to realize, we're going to spend three, four, five trillion dollars more than what we actually have this year. So if you make a 10% cut to the U.S. military, it doesn't mean that you automatically take that money and go spend it on a different program. But we got to make cuts in things and not spend the money because we don't have the money. It's, it's, it doesn't exist. No, it's, it's not real. You know, it's Fugazi. So it, it's just, Fugazi, you know, it hasn't, it hasn't landed. So, okay. So a 10% cut to the U.S. military budget would help support struggling Americans. This is an op-ed by BS. At, the un, at this unprecedented moment in American history, a terrible pandemic, an economic meltdown, people marching across the country to end systemic racism and police brutality, growing income and wealth inequality, and an unstable president in the White House, you, should, you know what you should do is put in someone that's got dementia. That would be better. <laughs> now is the time to bring people together so fundamentally al- to fundamentally alter our national priorities and rethink the very structure of American society. All I can do while you're reading that is hear his voice. I know. So <laughs> in, in that in that regard, yeah, I've been I've been disturbed. I I have been disturbed that for too long. That doesn't make any sense, Burn. Democrats and Republicans have joined together in passing outrageously high military budgets while ignoring the needs of the poorest people in our society because we've never spent any freaking money on the poorest people in our society ever. Uh, To give him credit, though, at least he said Democrats and Republicans have joined together in passing outrageously high military budgets. Yeah, that is. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this coming up here, I I agree with it. Just and at the end, you should say vote libertarian. (laughs) (laughs) If we are serious about altering our national priorities, then there is no better place to begin with than taking a hard look at the bloated 740 billion military budget that is coming up for a vote in the Senate this week. Incredibly, after adjusting for inflation, we are now spending more on the military than we did during the height of the Cold War, during the wars in Vietnam and Korea. The extraordinary level of military spending comes at a time when the Department of Defense is the only agency of our federal government that has not been able to pass an independent audit, when defense contractors are making enormous profits while paying their CEOs exorbitant compensation packages, and when the so-called war on terror will end up costing us some $6 trillion. Probably more than that. Will end up co- does, does he have an end to it sometime that we don't yeah, know about? Yeah. I thought this thing was open-ended. I believe this is a, a moment in history when it would be a good idea for all of my colleagues and the American people to remember what the former Republican president, Dwight D. Eisenhower, said in 1953. Every This is a quote from Eisenhower. Every gun that is made, every warship launched, every rocket fired signifies, in the final sense, a theft from those who hunger and are not fed, those who are cold and are not clothed. This world in arms is not spending... Money alone, it is spending the sweat of its laborers, the genius of its scientists, the hopes of its children. That's a really good quote. It's a really good quote. Uh, so he says, will the nation that spends more money on nuclear weapons, will we be a nation that spends more money on nuclear weapons, or will we be one that invests in jobs, affordable housing, health care, and ch- child care for those who need it most? In order to begin the process of transforming our national priorities, I will be introducing an amendment to the National Defense Authorization Act to reduce the military budget by 10% 
and use the $74 billion in savings to invest in distressed communities around the country that are experiencing extreme poverty, mass incarceration, deindustrialization, and decades of neglect. So here's what his amendment would do, by the way. The $74 billion, Charlie. Mm. Keep track of what this amendment's going to do. I will say a lot of that was really good until, until yeah. here's the problem. Like now, instead of like cutting that budget because it is bloated mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's grossly mm-hmm. mismanaged, then and, and putting that back to maybe paying down our debt or the, the 4 to $5 trillion deficit we're going to have at the end of this uh, fiscal year in October coming up in just a few short months. No, no, no. We need to spend it. Yeah, we got to spend it we on gotta, something. We got to spend it on something else. <laughs> and Ugh. which they'll probably run over budget on, yes. by the way. Yes. No, but here's what that 70 70- We probably should create another department actually. We should, the Department yeah. of Excess Money. And that's <laughs> and we spend money on these things. Here's what the 74 billion dollars in savings is going to do. It's going to create jobs by building affordable housing, schools, childcare centers, community health centers, public hospitals, libraries, sustainable energy projects, and clean drinking water facilities. It's gonna improve education by hiring more public school teachers to reduce class sizes, ensure teachers receive adequate pay, providing nutritious meals to children and parents, and offering free tuition for public colleges, (laughs) universities, and trade schools. And it's gonna make housing more affordable by providing rental assistance and bringing an end to homelessness. (laughs) That's that's what we're gonna do with the 74 million. Listen, 74 billion dollars is is a lot of money okay jeff bezos would notice if that was gone you know that it's it's quite a bit of money Mm -hmm. but the idea that we're going to take 74 billion dollars when when we spend we're going to spend six seven eight trillion dollars this year on things sending money out to people spending money that we don't have we spent almost 30 trillion dollars on the war on poverty we spend trillions of dollars on these things already every single year trying to make sure that we have all of this stuff but the idea that we're going to take $74 billion, which the U.S. government spends in, in a span of four days, and we're going to be able to do all of these things with that money is completely insane. And so I, we already talked about this the other day, but what you'll notice in this op-ed, because he just goes on about a whole lot more political stuff after that, cutting the military budget by 10% and investing that money in the communities across the country is a modest but important way to begin that process. So that, that's how he ends it. You know what you never see in this article, Charlie? What's that? Any budgets for anything, like what we're going to spend on any of that stuff or, or what it's going to go towards hmm. or how it's going to be paid for because this this money is, is a rounding error for the government. We spend this much money every four days. The U.S. government spends this much money. And so it, it, once again, selling this idea that... If we, if we just cut the military budget, which I agree with, if we just cut the military budget by 10%, we'll be able to spend the $74 billion and take care of all of these things, homelessness, rental assistance, free tuition for public colleges, universities, trade schools, teachers receiving adequate pay, sustainable energy projects, public hospitals, community health centers, schools, affordable housing, childcare centers, all these things with the $74 billion. 
it's an it's completely insane and it's just one of those things that people like to hear it's it's like oh yeah that's a lot of money we could we just start a whole new country <laughs> yeah we'll just start a lot of money yeah. start a, lot, a whole new country right and um and they'll be able to run on their 74 billion dollar budget and they'll be able to provide those things to about 200 people <clears throat> i don't understand why everyone does not only should they get a house i don't understand why they also don't get a helicopter yeah they should 74 billion i mean that's so much money that's a lot of money that you every private jets for everyone yeah i don't know why you wouldn't just do that i mean i you know and helicopters and but the idea I you, want know a helicopter. you know what's really funny is if if he wasn't calling for a 10 percent cut to the military budget to do for all this stuff imagine bernie sanders putting up a bill to do all of these things do you think he would price it at 74 billion dollars mm -hmm. at all no no he wouldn't price it at 74 billion dollars he would laugh at that he would say it was a joke he would say it was greed and 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 there was no way that that was enough money to do anything that's what he would say if you put up a bill for an extra 74 billion dollars in expenditures to put towards all this stuff he would say that we we weren't going to be able to do anything with that money but it's just one of those it's one of those things you can get people behind the idea of cutting the military budget by 10 percent. you can get all the liberals you can get libertarians behind it and then if you never mention how much money we already spend on all this stuff, it just sounds like a great idea. You know what we could do for $74 billion? What Josh suggests right here in the live group, he says, I need my tank. Oh, yeah. Tanks for everyone yeah. if we had $74 billion. We need to make more surplus tanks. Yes. That's what we got to do. That way, everyone can just have a tank. Ah, unfortunately, that comes from the military, though. No, oh, we could probably get a private if company we cut to this, build some tanks. How are we going to get surplus tanks? We'll take the ones that are already there. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll that just, sounds good. We'll repurchase them. Okay. <laughs> we'll do right. a repurchasing contract. Let's end on this last one because um, we got a got a hard stop today, and I got to make sure we can bounce this out and and send it out before yes. um, Stephanie has come. So this last article, crazy to consider that the fact that Joe Biden is just is killing Trump in the polls right now. When you consider this poll that was taken by by Rasmussen, crazy. So 38% of voters think Biden has dementia. <laughs> this coming from Rasmus, RasmussenReports.com. You know, rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Nearly four out of 10 voters believe Joe Biden has dementia. Most voters, including just over half of Democrats, feel it is important for the likely Democratic presidential nominee to publicly address the issue. The latest Rasmussen Reports national telephone and online survey finds that 38% of likely U.S. voters think Biden is suffering from some form of dementia. 20% of voters in his own party think Biden has dementia, but that compares to 66% of Republicans and 30% of voters not affiliated with either major party. Critics contend that Biden's frequent gaffes and confusing statements suggest he has dementia. 61% of all voters believe it is important for Biden to address the dementia issue publicly. Men are more likely than women to think Biden is suffering from some form of dementia and attached more importance to him speaking publicly about the issue. Seniors are the most likely to believe Biden has dementia. They're like, I've seen that before. That, yeah. <laughs> Listen, the, I've got experience on this issue, son. The older the voter, the more likely they are to believe that it is very important for the White House hopeful to speak about the issue publicly. 
Among voters who think Biden is suffering from from dementia, 93% of them feel it is important for him to address the issue publicly, with 78% 78 of people who say it is very important. In mid-May, Biden still beat President Trump in a head-to-head matchup, perhaps in part because voters expressed slightly more confidence in the former vice president to handle the post-coronavirus economy. One in four black voters agree with Biden that a black voter who chooses Trump over Biden is not really black. <laughs> Biden later apologized for the remark. <laughs> You're probably anywhere from two. Oh, that's not that one. Where is it? Which one is it? I think that was it, actually. No. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. <laughs> I love those buttons, man. No, 25% of black voters agree with that. 25% of black voters wow. agree that if you're not going to vote for Biden, you're not black. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how has he not been canceled? I still I can't figure that out. Because he's the presidential nominee. They got to they gotta go with him, you know? It's if you be- notice, he hasn't picked a VP yet. It's it, just beat Trump. He's running... Whoever's running his campaign is... Genius, by the way, because the strategy is don't do anything like just don't do it. Don't hardly ever talk. Don't pick a VP because the sooner you pick a VP, the more people, the more time people have to disagree or agree with that. He just agreed to a debate today. Since when was it a question whether or not we were going to have debates between the two presidential candidates? Really? Yeah. Like, he just they, they just announced that Biden agreed to a debate with Trump. Wonder if Jorgensen agreed. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> sure they asked her. It's <laughs> Do you uh I believe she has to get 15% in the polling. Yeah. If she gets the 15, they'll raise it to 20. That's, That's so ridiculous. I know. I know. It's insane. Yeah. How but, do you, and how do you get the 15% of the polling if no one ever mentions that you exist? You know, right. It's crazy. Maurice says, guess I ain't black. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Also. Yeah. I mean, what about his 94 crime bill? I mean, we have the other saying where he says poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as, as white kids. I got it right here. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. How does that not get you canceled? I don't know. I don't know. That should get you canceled. I don't know what the deal is. And, um, it's, like I said, his his campaign's genius because Trump Trump is running against Trump right now and he's beating himself. And that's what's actually happening. Like no one's really considering whether or not Biden's going to be an awesome president. They're considering that they can't handle four more years of Trump. I mean, even my wife said, like, man, I hope Trump loses because I'm so sick of hearing people complain about Trump all the time. And I mean, she doesn't really want by she doesn't want biden to be the president i'm i mean she'll probably she voted libertarian in 2016 which i don't know if that means she's a real libertarian or not i'm not really sure but you know she's like i'm I'm so sick of hearing about him i just i just want him to be gone so i don't have to listen to people complain anymore and it's crazy trump is running against himself right now trump really should listen to what biden's strategy is which is don't do anything but this is a fairly serious issue. Just let Trump be his own demise yeah. and then you'll you'll win. This is a fairly serious issue. I mean, four out of 10 voters think that Biden has dementia. The guy who's leading the president in the polls, four out of 10 voters think he's got dementia and he's leading by double digits. Now, I don't I, he's leading in every swing state he's leading right now. He's up by a point, in, or he's only down by a point in Texas, I think. 
or maybe he's up by a point. I can't remember. Like a one point difference in I Texas. Don't trust the polls anymore. No, I don't either. Yeah, I, I know the polls are probably way off. I mean, I, Hillary I had that. a double digit lead. I know. I know. And yeah, I'm just. I don't, I don't trust those things. I'm just saying it's. But it is quite. It's quite ironic that not only uh, the Democratic nominee, like the guy that the party chose to defeat Trump, not only is he the nominee, he's also leading technically in the polls, and he's. He might have dementia. I've, it's pretty clear he's got it's, dementia. It's, like it's pretty, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad, man. It's 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 embarrassing to listen to him talk. Yeah, I have such a hard time listening to him to talk. My, I was talking to my brother about this yesterday. And he's like, "Well, Trump can't make coherent coherent sentences either. Apparently, I can't either. Yeah, you can't either right now." <laughs> he said, "Trump can't make coherent sentences either," and I was like, "What do you mean? Like like Biden? Though? I mean." Yeah, Trump can, you know, he'll he'll say the same words over and over again and because he's trying to figure out which adverb and adjective to use, like bigly and stuff like that or huge. So, so the question is which one the 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 election is over which one is least incoherent. Right. So far. Like that that's what we're going back and forth between. Trump Trump and is to me, not it's a, Dr. Joe Jorgensen. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I want to get I want to get Spike Cohen out there talking on TV some more. That guy was I mean, I felt embarrassed maybe to chip in on, on the uh, podcast. Maybe they can get him on Spike TV. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> He's just walk in. I'm here, guys. <laughs> I'm here. What's up? I'm here. You call? Oh, I love making dad jokes. They're oh, the best. Man. That's They're so good. They're the best because I am a Faja. Guys, listen. <laughs> Biden has got something seriously wrong. He's almost 80 years old, and I mean, so is Trump. Trump is Trump is really old as well, but I think there's a, in a competition between which one of them has the most dementia, I think Biden is leading in that poll as well, for sure. Which one of them is the craziest? I don't I guess Trump wins that one. It's just like, man, it sucks that these are our options, you know? Which one's got the least dementia? Which one's got the most dementia? Which one is the least amount of crazy? It's crazy. People are discussing who Biden's going to pick. I, you know, somebody said um, uh, Kamala. Yeah. I don't think he's going to pick Kamala Harris. There's no way. I mean, she's a former DA who all she cared about was winning. She put a lot of black people in prison. And I just don't think with what's going on, if he picks Kamala, that's it's going to be terrible. I him. think um, I, I think if he does pick Kamala, he'll wait until the very last minute to do it. I think um, so I was, we, but it could be Warren. I, I think. I think I was talking to my brother, and I think he's right. I think it's going to be Tammy Duckworth. Who the heck is That's that? That's what I said. And so as I started digging into her, she is a uh, she's a veteran. She lost one of her legs, uh, so she's a um, a wounded warrior. Um, she, I believe, she's a representative or a senator in Illinois, um, and she will probably be. She seems she's a black woman, mixed at least. And so she'll probably be the pick. That makes a lot more sense to get a wounded veteran um, who also. So Trump needs to switch is, to a veteran who lost both their legs. Yeah, that's exactly. what he's going to have to do. That's Tammy Duckworth. Kamala Harris is just a that's a terrible choice. Yeah, it's a terrible I agree. choice, especially putting people in prison for smoking the pots. The reason I said Elizabeth Warren is that that will bring in the the Bernie Sanders wing if, if Warren is up there. So I, I think, I think a pick like Warren puts him over the top easily because it's going to bring 
the the normal Democrats and then all of the socialists at the same time. Mm. So I don't know. Even though the vice president's job is to go around making speeches about how awesome the administration is. Well, they have an important job but, in the Senate. In the Senate. Yeah. In the sentence? The sentence, yeah. Yeah, that's they what an they do. important job there. All right, guys, if you if you are interested, we got to end this. We got to wrap this up. If you guys are interested in learning how to day trade in the stock market, that's what Charlie and I do all day until we do the podcast. It's really fun. It's not as hard as it seems. It's harder. No, it's it's not it's not that bad, but it's it's very rewarding and there's so much opportunity. I mean, if you're if you're looking for a way to completely change your life, trading could be one of those things for you. So what I recommend is you go and you check out the class. You just you just go check out the class and see if it's something that you're interested in. And if you're not interested in it, then then don't pay for it anymore. You know, don't just just cancel the class. But if what if it ends up changing your entire life? What if a, a small investment for one month subscription to something ends up defining the rest of your entire life? And and that's that's why we do it. This it's I, I love doing it. I wake up early every morning and I get here way before I have to every single morning just so I can start working on stuff for trading. I, Sunday night I'm I'm staring at my laptop just just daydreaming about how I can how I can trade and, and make these awesome trades and I'm studying the stock market. I mean find yourself a job that you love that much and then then you won't have to go to mastermytrades.com. But if you're not there yet, if you want to find out everything there is to know about the stock market, well, you can start with our class. You can learn how to use a trading platform. You can learn how to read stock charts, use a charting platform, use a brokerage, learn the strategies that we trade every single day. So if you are interested in that, go to mastermytrades.com. Do it. And as I told y'all before, join in on this live group. Um, you know, make comments like Jeff here, Lieutenant Dan, question mark with, with Tammy. <laughs> I mean, if you, uh, you know, if they get Lieutenant Dan there, that it could be a good thing for Biden. I don't know. This is going to be a very interesting election. 2020, um, I think even more so than 2016 was. It's going to be crazy. So get on that live group. Watch us live. Make some comments. Help make the show better because you guys do that. You make us laugh. There's lots of there's lots of laughs in this group. There's lots of uh, giving each other hell in this yeah. group. And it's a lot of fun. So do that by going to patreon.com slash good morning liberty just as it's just five bucks a month we just got had a new one come in like half an hour before the show started yeah. so pumped about that so Thank get you. in on that and that helps grow the show with everything that y'all do and please continue to share uh the numbers keep going up and up we uh, we're gonna have advertisements coming on there's all kinds of cool stuff happening uh with this show and it's all because of everything that y'all do so please continue to share if you find it <laughs> valuable if you find, stop <laughs> lieutenant dad ice cream <laughs> <laughs> what, what what happened to lieutenant dan um they oh him home. <laughs> i forgot aaron said that she is a u.s senator from illinois and she's actually missing both of her legs sorry mm. and okay. she's she's thai so okay. she is a woman of color but she's not um of african said or Afri she's part thai Afri she, the other she's, part yeah. could be of african heritage who knows who knows you know? i don't know but anyway as i said keep sharing the show if you guys find it valuable then someone else probably will so there's no reason not to share it share it with a with a lover share it with an enemy <laughs> and um and then also leave us that rating and review those are always nice to read and helps it helps grow the show so everything you guys do we really appreciate if you do all that we'll be back again tomorrow hope you have a good day and a good morning liberty biberty <laughs>